We continue to discuss halachas that pertain to the gezel hager, stealing money from this convert who has no no heirs, after having sworn falsely that he didn't own the money. So we said in the previous mission the money goes to the kohanim, that Hashem receives it and passes it on, so to speak, to the kohanim. The question is which kohanim, and the answer to that is it's the kohanim who are on duty that week, who are referred to as the um, Anshe Mishmar. The Kohanim were divided into 24 subgroups, each called a Mishmar, and then one Mishmar would serve each week. They go in a cycle, a 24-week cycle, basically, to keep it simple. And just, um, you know, one twenty-fourth of the Kohanim, so to speak, are serving on a given week. So it's the that particular Mishmar who's serving that week, those are the ones who are to get the money. Um, any Kohan from that uh, Mishnah will do, and then the Kohan would divide up the money equally amongst themselves. And then, after that, um, the Ashim is to be brought, and the people who bring the Ashim, of course, are the people who are serving the base of English, who is the Mishmar. Okay, so our Mishnah is going to discuss a few what-ifs around these topics. It starts out by saying, Nasan Mishmar. What happens if the person who stole from the convert, who then he swore falsely to, and then the convert died, um, he comes to Shalim, he gives the money, the 125, let's say, to the to the Anshay Mishmar, to the Kohanim, and now he is supposed to bring his Asham, but the mace, he, the thief, dies prior to his Asham being brought. So the question is, can the heirs of the uh, the thief say, listen, he was bringing the money essentially as kind of like a toll to allow him to bring this Asham to attain a Kapara, a, a, a atonement, since he never got to bring his ashram before he died, we're not going to offer it now. So really, that the, the quote-unquote toll, if you will, that was paid to the Kohanim um, should be returned to us, the heirs. So the Mishnah says, Ein miyadam. The Mishnah says, no, it doesn't work like that. The children, the heirs of the deceased thief, can't ask for their money back from the Kohanim. The reason why is because uh, it's not just a toll. There is like a part of the kapara. Um, is achieved by returning the money plus the twenty-five percent, you know, surcharge of the chomish. So the point is, um, the while the deceased didn't bring his his uh, his asham, he did get a partial atonement by returning the money um, to Hashem, so to speak, who passed it on to the kohanim. Um, as I said before, uh, he actually, if he did tshuva before dying, then his death will act as the kapara instead of the of the asham. If not, not. Now, the base of that is Shnemar, as the Pasuk says, Ish asher yitan la-kohen lo yihia. The man who gives what he's supposed to give to the Kohen, like we described before, it shall be to him, it shall be to the Kohen. I mean, there's no, there's no backseas, it doesn't go back. Okay? Now, the next, like, new paragraph, if you will, um, we're now going to talk about the relationship between um, the Mishmar and the money slash uh, Korban. So one might have thought, incorrectly, that the money that you're giving to I'll call it the Kohanim is like kind of somehow kind of like compensation to them for doing the the Korban Asham. So it has to go to the same group of Kohanim. But it's not really true. The basic din is that one brings the money to Hashem. Hashem says, give it to the Kohanim on duty, whoever they are. And um, if it happens to be that he won't bring around his Asham until next week, so then he'll have next week's Mishmar be the ones to bring the Asham, meaning week one's Kohanim will get the money. Week two's Kohanim will do the work of bringing the ashram, and that's just that's fine. That's how it how it shakes out. No problem. Now the Kohanim who are divided to those twenty four mishmaros, um, those twenty four are listed in Divrei Hayyamim, Book of Chronicles, and um, they have they have names. These different um, mishmaros have names. The first of the twenty four is referred to as 
Yehoyariv, and the second is referred to in the Pesukim, and therefore in the Mishnahis in a bunch of places, as Yedaya. So our mission will essentially, instead of saying group one and group two, it'll say Yehoyariv for group one and Yedaya for the group two. What's important to understand here is that um, there's a sequence. Yehoyariv comes first, and Yedaya comes second. And what's absolutely essential, as he's kind of spoke up before, is that the money has to be returned prior to the giving of the sacrifice, of being mocked of the, the Asham. So if you do that out of order, meaning if you are going to be giving the offering before you give the money, one won't be guilty. So that's really what the Mishnah has to say here. It says, Nasan Akasef Yehoyariv. If one gave the money, the 125, let's call it, we'll see later it's even 100 be okay, um, to Yehoyariv, uh, group A of Mishmar A. And then, um, after that, Va'asham Liyadaya. Then later on, the next week, he comes back and he gives the, the ram to be brought as the Asham to group B, Mishmar B, Yadaya. Yatza, says the Mishnah, it's no problem. There's no connection between the two issues. Further says the Mishnah, Asham Lohu Yarev, but if one gives the ram first to group number A, the Chesef Liyadaya, and then he gives the money afterwards, the next week, to Mishmar number two, Mishmar B, then that's not going to work. Im Kayim HaAsham, if group A were clever enough to know not to offer the Asham because the money hadn't come in yet, so then, Yakirvuhu Bnei Yadaya. So then fine, then the second Mishmar, Yadaya, can now that they've gotten the money, bring that animal as a carbon. That assumes it was left lying around. And the Chachila, the din is that this, that uh, Yoyar should, should not have even accepted the animal because it's just a recipe for, for a disaster. But the Imlav, if the animal that was brought to be offered is no longer around, whether it was offered as a sacrifice erroneously, or meanwhile if it's died or something, whatever it is, doesn't make a difference. The point is, yachzer v'yavi asham acher, now the thief who wants to get atonement will now need to bring a second ram, because the ram can't work um, as an asham until first the money's been given. So now that the money's been given, he has to get a second ram, because the first ram is no longer here, and then it'll be brought again, shemevi gazelo adshelo hevi ashamo, if one... Um, brings the stolen object or the value of that object um, prior to bringing the animal as an asham, as the guilt offering, then yatza, that's good, he's yotzi. But hevi ashamo, if one brings his guilt offering, that ram, and offers it as a sacrifice, achlo hevi gazelo, prior to him returning what he stole, lo yatza, he's not yotzi, he doesn't get his kapar, he'll have to bring another asham again after he returned the money. Now, the last point of the Mishnah here, and of the Perik, is we said there's actually three boxes that this guy needs to tick. He needs to return the stolen object. That's true for all thieves. Then he needs to, since he swore falsely, he needs to add a 25% surcharge, the Chomesh, and bring an Asham to get atonement for his having sworn falsely. Now, what happens if he Nasan Esa Karen Velo Nasan Esa Chomesh? The Mishnah asks, what happens if he gave the hundred that he stole to the Kohanim, and then they brought his asham, but he hasn't yet given the 25 chomesh. So is that ma'akev, meaning is that essential, and he's not yoti, has to do another animal? The answer is, ain ha-chomesh ma'akev, no, that extra 25% is not ma'akev, it's not essential, meaning he's yoti, his obligation, he's fulfilled his obligation to bring his asham, and it's done. Now that doesn't mean he doesn't have an obligation still to give the last 25, uh, he does, but as far as the, the having to go back and redo the asham, that's not a problem. Now, just one uh, final note here. The Bartanura essentially um, is a cut and paste from Rashi, and he says in this last comment, Ulabasof Nasan, at the end he has to give, let's read the whole sentence. It says, 
the whole sentence is Eina Chomish Ma'akev. The the twenty five percent isn't essential. It's not, it doesn't undermine his ability to bring the the Asham Milhakrives Asham. Says the Bartanura. If he didn't give it yet, prior to the bringing of the sacrifice, uh, so maybe I'll translate loosely as, who provided that at the end he gives it. Who provided that sounds kind of like, uh, is this sort of um, implicit. So that's what Rashi says, and that's what Bartanura says. All the Mepharshim say, wait a second, it's not true. One simply does not need to give the Chomesh at the end to be yotzi his Asham. His Asham is, is fulfilled regardless of whether or not he gave that Chomesh. So uh, they understand what, he, what the Din is, um, regardless of how the Bartanur writes it and Rashi wrote it, um, is that um, one still has an obligation to give that final 25%, even if he gave back the Karen and brought his Asham. Uh, but in fact, that 25% is not Ma'akev, the Asham, and what it does uh, at all events. And with that, we finish the ninth parak, Baruch Hashem of Mesechah's Bava Kama, but uh, the tenth and final parak uh, continues to discuss halachas of Gazela.